Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. My name is Rachel Laurie Harris. I'm a professional dog trainer, and I'm also the proud owner of an American Staffordshire Terrier that we lovingly call Waylon. In this series, Pitbull Stories, I talk with pitbull owners all over the world, and we share our stories about pitbulls, how we got into pitbulls, how we love pitbulls, what we've learned from them, and how we're advocating for the breed now. I'm really looking forward to sharing these stories and if you'd like to be a part of this series please follow us over on the instagram at a good feeling underscore nco send me a dm i would love to chat and hear your pitbull story enjoy hey everybody welcome to the first installment of pitbull stories so if you haven't already heard i'm starting a new series of podcast episodes called pitbull stories and the objective with pitbull stories is to share stories of how pitbulls have changed people's lives so owning a pitbull type dog um, it's just a little bit different than owning any other breed because there is so much stigma there is so much um, pressure on the owners to you know help people understand what wonderful dogs they are so I'm really looking forward to connecting with some amazing pitbull owners and pitbull advocates to bring you just I think it's going to be a remarkable series. So I'm really, really looking forward to it. But in the first installment of Pitbull Stories, I figured I would share my Pitbull story with you guys. So if you've been listening for a while, you've heard me talk about Sunny, who was my first blocky-headed dog. And y'all know Waylon. He's kind of hard to forget. Um, and I have had the great privilege and pleasure of working with hundreds of Pitbulls in my career. So um, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and tell you my Pitbull story. So um, I didn't intentionally get into pit bulls. Um, I was a really novice dog owner. Um, I'd had one dog before and he passed in an unfortunate event. He got hit by a car and I was pretty heartbroken and it took me several months to um, get up the courage to get another dog. And I went to um, an animal shelter here in Colorado and, you know, I met a couple of dogs. I met a three-legged dog that I was like, hmm, maybe I want this dog. And I really didn't have like any intention. I just wanted a dog, like seriously, nothing in particular. And then um, a sweet, scared boy, his name was Artie at the shelter. Um, You guys know that he later becomes Sunny, but um, he chose me. I got to be honest, you guys. Like He came in and he was so afraid and he sat right next to me and there was no way I could have left him behind. So I really didn't have any intentions of getting a quote unquote pit bull, but um, that is what happened. And I know that that's a lot of y'all's story too, right? Like, well, I didn't really have any intention, but they chose me and here we are now. So um, I think that even before I got sunny, I definitely... I didn't like fear pit bulls by any means, but I think to a certain degree, right? Like I subscribed to some of the myths and the stigmas surrounding the breed. So um, I think that locking jaws was definitely the one that like when I first got sunny, I didn't know that pit bulls didn't actually have locking jaws. <laughs> 
Yes. And that was definitely like a, a stigma myth that was on my mind, right? I was like, I wonder if he can bite and lock his jaw and not let go. So, you know, like I said, you guys, like I was a really green dog owner at the time. I think I was like, I think I was 19 years old at this time. So, um, yeah, I, I, there was definitely some ignorance on my part, but, um, you know, through research and understanding Sonny and, you know, the, the label that he got Pitbull, I definitely understood that locking jaws weren't a real thing, but, um, that's definitely, you know, a stigma going into owning a blocky headed type dog that I had to unlearn. And I really had to educate myself into, um, a lot of the myths surrounding the breed. So, um, (laughs) stereotypes. I mean, I think that a lot of you guys with breeds like Malinois come to mind. Um, lots of breeds have different stigmas, but I think that the pit bull above all else really has the most stigma. And that's why I really wanted to do this series, right? So I could connect with, like-minded people who own pit bulls who are are on our own journey of unlearning the myths that surround the breed. So um, being a blocky-headed owner definitely influenced my life in some not-so-positive ways very early on. I remember early on being at a dog park with Sunny, and this was before I knew that Sunny could be dog aggressive. So we were like going to dog parks, and I would I'd always get weird looks from people, and I was like, "Huh, that's kind of weird," and I didn't really understand what was going on. Um, and then as we got to know Sunny, and we started to learn more about Sunny, um, we were at a dog park again, and Sunny got into a fight with another dog. And it was more of just a scuffle, right? Like there was no blood drawn. We were able to break it up quickly, but I will never forget the look on the people's faces, right? I think that it was like, I think it was some sort of like long haired mutt, medium sized mutt that he got into it with. And, um, yeah, no, I, I, I remember that day very vividly and remembering how it felt right to be judged, um, because my dog had quote unquote acted aggressively. So, um, I, I'm really looking forward to hearing stories from other pit bull owners, right. About like how they were treated by their community being a pit bull owner. Um, it's really funny because, you know, growing up, I did not have dogs. I always wanted a dog, but my mom had a negative experience when she was young. She got bit by a chihuahua. So we never had dogs growing up. And I remember when I moved out of my parents' house at 18 years old, I went and got a dog like, you know, a real mature adult does. And um, like I said, right, um, Bo, uh, we lost him really early. He did not live with us very long before he unfortunately was hit by a car and killed. But um, my mom liked Bo, but she didn't really get to know him, right? And then, you know, fast forward to bringing Sunny home. My mom was at the shelter with me, right, when I chose Sunny. And for those of you listening who don't already know, um, my mom and I are super tight. We hang out all the time. She's a big part of my life. And I remember her looking at me when I was like, okay, this is the dog that I want. And her being like, are you sure you want this dog? I I think that pit bulls can be dangerous. Like neither of us really knew, right? We really didn't. Um, But she knew how heartbroken I was after losing Bo. And she knew that I I needed this dog. So um, I think that my mom was slightly nervous and afraid about me bringing home a pit bull. But he was, Sunny was such a scared shell of himself that I think that those those worries were kind of resolved pretty quickly. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing how other people's family members and friends kind of like responded when they, bought, they brought home this pit bull type dog. Um, so 
when I first had Sunny, I was I was not a dog trainer, right? Like like I was saying, I was very green. I did not have any dog training, dog experience, really, for that matter. And um, I think that I I was really fortunate in the fact that when I needed training help, I was I was able to find a positive reinforcement trainer. Um, shout out to Anna, you know who you are. Um, she was able to help guide me and help me understand Sonny and deal with some of you know his not so great behaviors in a way that was kind and thoughtful and evidence based. But I know that a lot of blocky headed dogs suffer from. Um, abusive training techniques because just because of their breed, right? Like I know that there are a lot of quote unquote trainers who preach like, oh yeah, if you have a pit bull, you have to use a shock collar. You have to use a pinch collar. And obviously I hope you all know listening that that is not the truth whatsoever. You do not need those training tools. But in my particular story, I was really fortunate, right? To meet someone early on who could give me the skills and, um, you know, that trainer I later, um, studied under and now I'm a dog trainer, right? Fast forward like 10 years later, but, um, it's interesting. And, and, and I know that a lot of us have our own fears and worries about the breed. And I think unfortunately that opens itself up to a lot of aversive training techniques. So I'm very proud to be a pit bull owner and I'm very proud to be an owner who uses exclusively force-free training techniques. Um, I definitely felt pressure from my community, right. To like manage Sunny more than if I had a golden retriever, right. Like I really felt more pressure to do training and have him under control because of his breed. And, um, you know, for those of you listening, who've been on this wonderful podcast ride with me, you've heard of the stories about Sunny, right? Like he could be very dog aggressive and there are definitely some not so great situations. And I think that that's something that emotionally I struggled with. Right. Because at that time in my life, I was very much a people pleaser. Right. Like I very much based how I was feeling and how I act on acted on making other people happy. And and now having this dog who was, you know, a quote unquote pit bull and could be dog aggressive. It was a lot. It was a lot for me. I had to dig deep and I really had to remind myself that it was about Sunny and I's journey. It wasn't about what other people thought. But I knew that there are some pretty negative thoughts. Um, those were vocalized to me in some circumstances. And then also, um, you know, those looks and glares. Those of you who are listening who have blocky-headed dogs, you know exactly what I am talking about. So um, I think that there are also some things that influenced the way that I that I treated Sunny, the way that I trained Sunny. And um there were definitely some circumstances in which Sunny acted aggressively, whether it was growling, lunging, going for other dogs. And in retrospect, I probably overreacted and maybe treated him with more intensity than he needed, right? So instead of just like pulling him back, maybe I like snatched him by the collar and really brought him back hard. And that's obviously not something that I'm proud of, but I want to be honest, right, about the pressure that owning a blocky-headed type dog puts on people, right? And and how we feel this pressure that if that dog acts negatively, then we have to show the public that we're responsible owners and we're, we're punishing them. And I'm proud to say that that's not who I am anymore. 
anymore. Um, I do my best not to overreact about behaviors, but I think that in a lot of circumstances, behaviors, quote unquote, normal behaviors, right, from from pitbull type dogs, still get blown out of proportion. Um, Waylon, for example, he really loves to play hard. He likes to play really, really hard, and it can come off as aggressive. I know that it is not, but if he was in a different package, I don't think anyone would blink an eye, right? But because Waylon is in the package that he is in, I think that there's definitely pressure from um, you know, spectators to rein him in faster than if he was a different breed. And it's not right, but it is happening, right? And I just, that's why I wanted to start this conversation, you know? And I have to remind myself every day that I get to lead by example and I get to show people that this is normal behavior, right? From from Waylon and that he is not aggressive. And yes, maybe is he playing a little overzealous? Sure. Can I redirect him? Sure. But um, I think that I have the luxury of like, you know, I've been training professionally for almost 10 years now. So I think that my word and my opinion resonates with people really strongly. And, and I don't take that lightly. Like when I am at a family member's house, I'm at a friend's house and the dogs are playing and Waylon starts to play a little wild and you can see, right? Like I can visually see people tense up and get worried. And I am calm and I'm present and I can just joyfully call Waylon. He will redirect no problem to me. And I think that that's a really beautiful way that I get to lead by example about how, you know, pit bulls running and playing is not aggressive, right? Like it's, I think we're all still trying to like reprogram um, our interpretation of what's happening because of the package that these dogs come in. So, um, I think that's something that, you know, I touched on just a little bit, but I want to kind of circle back to is that um, when I owned Sunny, it felt heavy because I really wanted Sunny to be a breed ambassador. And y'all, he was in so many fucking ways. He really was. I'm, I'm sure you can hear it. I'm getting emotional thinking about him, but um Sonny didn't get to be like the quote unquote ambassador because he couldn't just like party and hang out with every dog. And for me, that was a really beautiful lesson, right? And learning that um, none of us are perfect. We're all just making small progress. And, um, you know, Sonny didn't have to be a breed ambassador. But I got to say, for those of you who are local and are agility competitors, I'm sure you can remember some of this, but, um, you know, Sonny and I competed in agility. And although he could be dog aggressive, I had no worries whatsoever about him in an agility ring. I never worried about him charging a dog. That's something that we could do together. And Sonny was one of the only blocky headed type dogs competing in agility at the time. And I got to tell you, I know for sure that we changed a lot of minds in the agility world about what brilliant dogs pit bulls could be. So I feel really proud of that, but um, it wasn't always easy like that. You know, like I can kind of reflect on that now, but I think in the thick of it, you know, like showing up in an agility trial as a new agility competitor with this blocky type dog, um, it was emotional for me. It really was, but I just want to give a shout out to the agility community who just welcomed me with open arms and were so sweet. And I, you know, I know that a lot of, um, you who are listening, who knew Sonny, um, were really fond of him because he was a super fabulous boy. But anyways, 
Um, I think that, you know, the pressure on us to make sure that our dogs are quote unquote ambassadors is, is such a different dynamic than it would be if we had a different breed. You know, like if I had a golden retriever, I don't think I would worry about that at all. And it's just an interesting parallel that I think um, deserves to have some light shown on it. So guys, these days, if you follow me on the gram, you know how I'm advocating for the breed. But I think that when you own a blocky headed type dog, I think that you buy into whether you mean it or not, um, you buy into being, uh, an example, right? You buy you buy into educating the public, and you really get behind the breed, and you want to help people understand how amazing they are, um, you know. And I know so many blocky headed pit bull, whatever label you want to put on these dogs, um, owners who are huge advocates for the breed now. And I'm very proud to be one of those advocates. I'm very proud to team with a lot of um, nonprofits who go out of their way to educate the community and. Um, educate owners and educate breeders. And I'm really proud to be a part of that. And um, that's, you know, another way I wanted to advocate for the breed was doing this series. So um, thank you so much for listening, you guys. I'm, I'm so grateful to you to for coming each week and, and trusting and listening to what I have to say. So um, I am really looking forward to connecting with so many amazing Pitbull people for this series of Pitbull stories. So you guys, if you have any feedback on this, please send me a DM DM over on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO, or you can also join the disorderly dogs. The conversation continues Facebook group, and I would be happy to talk about it more in there. All right, you guys, I am already looking forward to the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com.